And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We welcome in the pride of Ord. Uh, Husker basketball standout assistant coach Andy Markowski with us. So, Andy, you're doing a bit of traveling, brother. Uh, tell folks where the uh, the Andy Markowski tour is at. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. We have our orthopedic uh, convention this week. So I was, uh, you know, have a chance to watch a little basketball, but it's, it's mostly work. And then hopping on a plane, heading back home and catching some of the uh, high school state tournament uh, going into the weekend. I got to ask you, since you're in Vegas, where do you rank Tark's last title team with Larry Johnson and Augman and Everett Gray and Anderson Hunt? Where do you rank that squad as far as like favorite champions? As like the highest paid or the best? <laughs> <laughs> we can no, do that too. I remember the Sports <laughs> Illustrated hot tub photo. Yeah, I do. I, I, I had a lot of fun watching that group. Um, you know, certainly, you know, Duke upsetting them and then, you know, them coming back the next year and, and winning or the year before. Um, that that was a, a fun group. But, you know, the Amoeba trapping defense. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Larry Johnson wanted to have a, a, a good NBA career. Um, but a, a great Tarkster. I don't know if people know this, but, but Tark took over at Fresno State. Um, and we in 96, uh, when we won the NIT, we had to go through Fresno and, you know, Tark had kind of turned that around. They were really talented, had Chris Heron, which everybody has probably seen the 30 and 30 documentary on, on, on his life. Right. Um, but I'll never forget it. You know, we're out there warming up by seven, eight minutes before, uh, before tip and the, all the lights go out and that is pre- pretty early for, for people to be doing that. And we turn around and all the players are coming out of the stands kind of through the concourse and then down onto the court. And it was, uh, you know, it felt like he had turned it into the Vegas, uh, you know, fight night type atmosphere. And <laughs> they proceeded to have us down 26, I think seven or nine. And then Strickland just went crazy and we won the game. So a, a fun talk story, but he was chewing on his towel. And then the guys went over and got his autograph and uh, Chester Searles actually got the towel that he had been chewing on the whole game. I don't know if that's a prized possession or not, you know, but, but anyway, kind of a cool Tark story. It was, you know, he, he was legendary in my eyes. So the chance to play against him was a, was a fun way to, to kind of have your college career go. I got to, to meet him in the, in the John of all places um, <laughs> on the sixth floor at Memorial stadium. He was back for Derek Carr and Fresno state. This is uh, I think Amir's freshman year in 2011. Yeah where he was back. Doc had had him back because him and Doc were, were close. And yeah, Awesome. No, he was very kind to us. It was after the game, too. He didn't have to stay there and talk to us. So, you know, le- legendary coaching figure for sure. Andy Markowski's with us. Andy, let's talk big red hoops before we talk some high school basketball. And uh, the big red, can they – this is weird to say. Can they play their way beyond an NIT bubble? Can they play their way – to an NCAA bubble short of winning it. I know uh, eat what's on your plate first. Minnesota has been uneasy wins, but hey, what a job in Iowa City by the Big Red. And then now they head to Chicago. Yeah, just a great finish to the season. So to answer your question, you know, you look at the path to, to, to get, you know, into Saturday or Sunday, 
uh, into the Big Ten. I mean, you're going to have to, you know, it's almost like an NCAA tournament is, is starting for them, right? So if, if you happen to play your way, you know, through Saturday into Sunday, you know, with the with the last month that you've had, you you have to have some some metrics that would look pretty impressive to the committee. You know, whether that's enough or not, you know, a lot of it will depend on the mid major leagues and you know any bid stillers that are out there. But you know, if, if you uh, you know, I, I think they should be Minnesota. But you know, once again, our, our margin is still pretty small uh, to, to to beat anybody. I mean, you know, Minnesota, you know, appears to still be playing hard and you know had a game-winning shot the other night to, to kind of keep, you know, their their energy level up. But, you know, I, I like our draw. You know, I, I don't think Maryland uh, overpowers us offensively. I, I think, you know, we can we can match if we can rebound there. And then, you know, Indiana's, you know, I, I thought we, we played them tough up there early. We're playing much better now. So, you know, uh, if, if you run into Saturday or Sunday, you, you, you should be, you know, at least mentioned as an NCAA tournament team. But, you know, a month ago, I don't think the NIT was, you know, realistically, we talked about that being their ceiling. I don't think anybody believed that, you know, so the the, the fact that they still have played themselves into a, a middle seat in the NIT has, has, has been a great finish to the year. Yeah, Andy, I saw yesterday that Nebraska's quote-unquote NIT bracketology had them as a four seed in the NIT hosting Villanova. And, uh, obviously, a lot of that can change, but how does that matchup strike you in the NIT? You, you're on a a team that won the NIT and saw the, the the benefits of going and playing the NIT. So, I want to get your take on what that yeah. could mean for the Big Red. Well, yeah, you know that's such a crapshoot, right? On seeding, you know, um, the odds that we play Villanova is is, is, is probably slim. But I, I guess the way I look at the NIT is, you know, playing at home would be great, right? Our, our, our attendance has been good, and and those four and five games are are probably tilted to the place that's gonna put more fans in the seats, right? I mean, it's still a, a, a business. So, you know, hopefully we can be in that three, four line. Um, but the NIT comes down to this. Do you want to be there or not? You know, Nova would be a team that I think would want, even though that's not a great season for them, they've got a new coach. They got some players back late in the year. I'm sure they're disappointed not being in the NCAA, but I still think that team would be hungry to play. You want to catch the teams that, you know, might've been in the tournament for, three years in a row with a bunch of seniors that are highly disappointed, kind of want the year to, to, to be done, want to get on spring break. So a lot of the NIT seating isn't who the team was during the season. It's, it's who, who the hell still wants to play. And, you know, I've been on both sides of that. I've been on teams that wanted to pack it in and hit spring break. And then, you know, 96 was just a group that, you know, felt like they had a little bit to prove and we ran through the thing and won it. So, you know, I think the state of mind is probably the most important factor as, as you're looking at NIT seeds and, and who has a chance to win. You know, one of the juicy storylines is in the NIT is not only a chance to maybe get to host a team like Villanova of, of that pedigree, but did I see down the road that San Jose State could be a future or could be a potential matchup for Nebraska with old Timmy Miles with the job yeah. he's done in the Mountain West? How How nuts would that be if God forbid he gets to come back into PBA. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Tim, Tim was back at Christmas. I had a chance to uh, connect and, and have a beer. And I'm actually – I, I was going to go watch them uh, tomorrow. I, I thought they would be in the 6-7 seed. Yeah. And then they bled themselves into uh, a bye, and they're actually playing uh, Nevada in the afternoon of Thursday. So it's a little hard for me to get over the Thomas Mack. But I, I told him I was going to be in town, and, you know, Tim, as gracious as ever, was, you know, tickets or whatever we needed to, to watch it. So great, great season. I mean, one of the best in San Jose history. And for Tim to do that in year two, 
you know, speaks to, uh, you know, his ability to rebuild the program. And, you know, I, I think if you would have given Tim uh, the NIL rules and some of the transfer stuff that has changed, I, you know, my, my biggest concern when he was at Nebraska is could he recruit the caliber of kid needed to win in that league? Now that you can legally pay kids money and the stuff that had gone on for forever, um, you know, I, I, I think he, you know, will, will find his way back into BCS and probably have a chance to rebuild a BCS program with the new NIL rules. Do you think Does that he, uh, Coach Miles would get a we get a warm welcome in Lincoln? Should he come back to Lincoln? Because I remember I loved Tim Miles whenever he was yeah. at Nebraska. And I don't I don't think that Husker Nation differs all that much in their opinion of him. So do you think he'd get a warm welcome back to PBA? I do. I you know I I think Tim left uh, the right way. You know on his way out. You know he was going to go have a, a a cold course light. So there's now beer at PBA. So he you know <laughs> Tim, Tim was uh, you know he just didn't win enough, right? I mean he did a good job. I thought his energy was good, but you know, at, at the time, just just didn't win enough. But I, I think he's still well respected. His his family is still in Lincoln. Um, Tim's kept a lot of contacts, uh, you know, in the community. So I, I I do think it would be a little like, you know, the Doc Sadler situation. I, I don't think there's a lot of ill will with with either of those coaches, uh, you know, leaving. I, I think people respect them, and and certainly Tim left the the right way. And you know, it'd be an exciting, fun game, and fans would certainly be interested in coming down and supporting a, a game with, with, you know, with a common, a, a common coach, obviously San Jose wouldn't be a common opponent. So that, that would be a fun NIT matchup, but, um, but they're playing well. They've, you know, I watched them on TV the couple of weeks ago, Amari Moore is, you know, that I think it's Amari Moore, uh, but you know, player of the year in the league. So um, yeah, it'd be a, be a fun matchup, but you know, who, who knows, like you said, there's 32 teams. So to get cross matched like that, um, you know, would take a lot of luck, I think. Craig Smith in Utah, depending on if they go on a run or not, I know they've been over 500, but not where they need to be for the Pac-12, and that's also a potential opponent that's yeah. out there. I want to ask you one more thought on on Coach Miles before we talk Derek Walker and his accolades. Is is the smoke real, in your opinion, with, with some of the openings around the Pac-12? And I'm asking about Cal. And I know there's not been uh, a ton of uh, carousel movement yet, but sure. is is Tim and Cal something that could work? I mean, just down the road with, and I'm not trying to run him out of San Jose yeah. State already, but we're talking Power Five versus you know Mountain West. Yeah, I I don't know. I can't speak to what Tim is looking for. Uh, I, I see Tim trying to get back into more of the you know the the Big Ten, Big Twelve range i think that's probably where his relationships and strengths are you know i think cal berkeley is probably unique setting and unique job i I don't know if the pac-12 is is super stable with ucla and usc you know leaving now the talk is that you know the oregons might have to join the big 12 so i i think there's probably other jobs that would fit better that tim would would probably sit tight if that was the only opportunity he had uh, this year, but you know he, he's you know one at a tough place to win, and you know I think that's probably on a lot of AD's radar. Good stuff with Andy Markowski at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We'll have some more thoughts with Andy Markowski as he is uh, hunkered down in Vegas. A quick break with Andy. We'll get back, get his thoughts on Derek Walker, all Big Ten second team. That is incredible for. DW and uh, also a high school preview from Andy. He'll be 
on the championship Saturday call with Larry Putney with Nebraska Public Media. I always screw it up and call it NET, but it's Nebraska Public Media. They do an awesome job with all of your state championships. Uh, myself and Coach Jeff Smith will have opening round coverage following Jeff Motes locally in Lincoln. If you're hearing us uh, on our Lincoln affiliate, uh, KFOR, we'll have uh, 1.30 action. We being state boys coverage with Jeff Motes, North Star, Bell West. Coach Smith and I will follow with West Side and East at 3.15. Then we'll have the nightcap with Lincoln Southeast and Gretna. Reminder to get buckled up, hands on the wheel, eyes in mind, straight ahead, the driver. One job, that's to drive a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Andy Markowski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, what uh, what's your reaction to, to Derek Walker? Second team, all Big Ten. Coaches gave him that nod today. He has been just incredible, almost a triple-double Sunday, but he has been a, a barometer that's had to bring it every ball game, and he has. Yeah, terrific, right? I mean, if, you know, two years ago or three years ago, um, you know, you would have anticipated him averaging four or five assists and being able to score at will in the middle of the floor. I, I don't know if I I saw that. You know, there's talk that he didn't really want to maybe stay and, and play this last year, right? He's 24 years old. And, you know, I, I think it's a credit to Derek. He got off to a you know rough start, right, having to sit six games for, for, for whatever reason there. Um, but it's also a little bit of testament to, to, to Fred finding, you know, the best way to utilize kind of the pieces, right? I think he finally found, um, what, what Derek could do well and, and, you know, really was able to kind of feature his skill set, and, and Derek took advantage of that. And, you know, at times really carried that offense and, and you don't see, you know, you see Zach Eady doing that at Purdue as a five where you just go post up, you're just bigger and stronger than everybody. You throw them the ball. But the, the fact that Walker was able to, to kind of run offense and be the catalyst for everything that we did offensively as a, as a five is pretty rare. You just, you know, other than joking at, at the nuggets. I mean, you start, you start looking around, you know, the country at five, you know, five men, you know, post players that are doing the things that whatnot. I'm not saying he's, Nicole Jokic, but, you know, a similar player, right? It's just you're running offense, you're running sets, he's getting other players' shots. So, you know, I'm glad to see he was recognized because I think the coaches in the league are going to be happy to have him uh, graduate because they've had a real hard time, you know, finding ways to guard him. Do you think Derek Walker gets a, gets a shot in the NBA or the G League? I mean, the, the two factors you have to look at there are, are height and age. Uh, yep. And the NBA usually likes taller guys, usually like younger guys. But do you think he gets a chance after the season ends to go, go show what he's got, at least in the G League? Yeah, I, I don't know how well, you know, he, he's six nine. He's a little bigger than me, right? Which, you know, in the NBA, that, that's not, um, you know, I mean, there's there's twos and threes right now at, at that length. Um, you know, he doesn't shoot it. If, if, if he could face and shoot a 17, 18, 19 footer, um, I, I think that would give him a chance to, to, to play professionally at that level. The fact that he really can't. You know, uh, everything is kind of off the dribble at the rim. Um, yeah, I just don't believe he's going to be big enough. I mean, he scored over, you know, big college players, but the, the NBA is another 
you know, level of length and size at the rim. So you'll never say never, but, you know, I, I think with his inability to, to score outside of 15 feet would really limit his ability of how teams could, could use him and how productive he could be in the NBA. Husker standout, uh, Andy Markowski with us talking college basketball, big red basketball, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, you are in Vegas. Is there a futures wager you're going to put down on somebody for the NCAA tournament? Uh, Does these four teams sound right for the one seed, KU, Bama, Purdue, UCLA? Well, I was reviewing the the bracket, and I I think it is wide open. I mean, you look at the ACC that – you know, potentially has their winner winner as the four and five seed. Um, you know, I, I like Arizona. I think those two posts are going to be a handful uh, in in the tournament. You know, having two posts that can survive foul trouble. You know, you you look at you know Purdue. I, I've seen them on the one and two line. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I Arizona. You know, I watched Gonzaga a little bit last night. I mean, they're you know they're terrific. Have you know have have pro pro players. I've always told myself and tell people, I think you need three NBA players to, to win a national title. So as you start looking at rosters, you know, who, who has three, uh, you know, NBA caliber players. I mean, I would, I would kind of start there, but with COVID and the players getting the extra year, I, I've never seen the depth from one to 20 where you start going at the threes and the four seeds going, you know, shoot, they, they would have a chain. You know, you look at a, a, a Baylor and, you know, teams that have been ranked in the top three or four are, are going to show up on the three and four line going in the tournament. So, you know, if I was going to take a flyer, I, you know, and I don't even know how big of a flyer it would be, I, I'd probably bet Arizona. I love watching UCLA, and I just like the skill set and what Mick has there, but I like the Mick Cronin toughness to, to Westwood. I think that combination – is great. I know they're about what two years, three years removed from a fi- uh, final four, but uh, he's got a lot of those kids back. Specifically, Tiger running this point in uh, Vasquez. So, I, I, you know, just cards on the table. I like UCLA. That's not a shocker. We'll see. Arizona's a good take. Bama. They have withstood a just awful hailstorm of of media with all the crap that's gone on with them. And they haven't seemed to blink yet. I mean, they are super athletic and, and, and physical as well. Yeah, their length. I mean, you you put them on TV and they, you know, they spread out on the defensive end. You wonder how anybody gets a basket against them. But, um, <laughs> but you know, they're, they're consistently shooting the ball. Scares me a little bit, you know, over, over the course of having to win six games. There's games that they just do not you know, make perimeter jump shots. So I, I think that catches up to you at, at some point where, where you can get upset. You know, I think the big ace is – is interesting. Um, you know, UConn, uh, you know, with, with their post Sinago gives them a fighting chance against anybody in the country. I look at Marquette defensively, you know, they're as sticky as any team, you know, I I've seen, I've watched everybody a bunch, but you know, I had a chance to watch a few big East games. You know, I, I think that league is probably a little better than you know, what people think. And you're going to see those teams on kind of that three, four Creighton's probably going to be a five ish, um, you know, I, 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 any of those teams could 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 make a run, but you know, I think you got to shoot it. You know, you got to defend, and you know, going back to my point, I, I do think to win six in a row, you, you got to have three NBA caliber talents that can can carry you maybe in a you know, in a tough game where you got to go get a basket late. Andy, we'll get you out on this. Thanks for the time and joining us here, Andy Markowski, Hale Varsity Radio, College Basketball Thoughts, and now high school hoops. You'll be uh, with Eddie T and Larry Putney this weekend for Championship Saturday. Another 
championship Saturday with uh, Andy and Larry. That's going to be awesome. We'll be down there doing our radio call of things. And uh, what, what a fun year it's been in Class A for boys, specifically the reemergence of some of the Lincoln teams. Yeah, it's just, just great. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, you could have justified a few of the other Pius teams getting in, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I thought the districts were, were hard, but the, the fact that we have multiple, you know, Lincoln teams in, I, I, I think they like their their draw. I mean, you know, um, Southeast and North Star both have you know, been competitive against the teams they're playing. And, um, you know, Lincoln East certainly is, you know, was probably the most consistent, uh, you know, team of, of, of in the Lincoln group. So, I, you know, I want to say A is going to be, Fun to watch because having that Lincoln flavor is going to be great, but I, I don't know if anybody can can really challenge Bellevue West. So I, you know, you you hope maybe you know Bellevue West plays poor, maybe one of those teams can can upset them. But you know, I think the other first round games, uh, you know, I think are going to be very very competitive, and you know, it'd be fun to see a Lincoln team advance because we you know just have not been as as competitive in, in boys basketball as as the Omaha Metro schools have been over the last twenty years. Andy Markowski with us. Andy, enjoy Vegas. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks for a few minutes, bud. All right, guys. Uh, March Madness is here. Enjoy it. Good to get caught up with Andy Markowski. Uh, the Connor Clark effect is real at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Nebraska is up 12 to 1. It's pinata time. With uh, three 400-foot home runs already in the mm-hmm. game today. So the, bat, you know? the bats are hot. They are uh, they're doing well. We'll wind down a uh, busy Tuesday. Mitch Sherman, Andy Markowski, get those podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Download the whole show or just watch it when you want with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Final thoughts when we come back.